This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts. Some more exciting answers to the baffling and intriguing questions of science. Up and Adam, science on FBI. Bill Nye, it's a pleasure to talk to you for Up and Atom on FBI Radio in Sydney. Um, firstly, I'd like to start with some fabulous news that hot off the heels of your new show, Bill Nye Saves the World, you're going to be bringing a live show to Sydney, Australia and Melbourne. Is there anything particular that you're hoping to help save with science in Australia? Well, um, Australia, with its relationship to the Southern Ocean, is a big player in climate change. And Australia as a continent is essential to our exploration of outer space. Australia being so perfectly positioned in the Southern Hemisphere is a key uh, part of the deep space network, the DSN as we call it. So uh, I'm excited to get uh, the perspective of Australians and to remind us all that science uh, has an enormous effect on our economy and uh, economy of the world. And the future is going to have more and more people. When I was a kid, we had fewer than 3 billion humans in the world. Now we have 7.3 billion. By 2050, we're certainly going to have 9 billion. We may have 10 billion people. And so we're going to have to find ways to do more with less, to provide more services to more people using uh, less energy uh, fewer natural resources per person than we do right now. And this is all very doable and exciting, and that's how we're going to save the world. <laughs> so there's more of us to save, but it's definitely possible. Um, what can people expect from your show in Australia? I think the time of their lives. <laughs> I don't think that's overstating. No, it'll be, I hope, an enjoyable evening with some laughs, some serious moments. A little bit of the fascinating story of my life, which I hope is short enough and funny enough to be enjoyable. And then a discussion about how we're going to save the world by we I and mean everyone on Earth, especially Australians. So everyone can be part of that dialogue. Um, you've been communicating science and sharing science with the world for quite a while now. Um, how do you engage people who aren't interested with science? Everybody's interested in science. Uh, everybody wants to know how to blow something up. Everybody likes to eat. Everybody likes food that comes from agricultural science. Everybody likes space exploration. And you will never meet anyone who has not wondered where he or she came from. Where did, all, where did we all come from? What are we doing here in this universe? What is going on? Uh, are we alone in the universe? To answer those questions, you have to explore space, and that, my friends, is rocket science. So everybody likes science. Just got to give them a nudge. Well, we agree here on Up and Atom. Every week we talk about a couple of recent science uh, discoveries or stories or breakthroughs, and I was just wondering if you have a particular favourite recent bit of science news. Well, I'm thoroughly charmed uh, by gravitational waves. So this is the idea that not only does light and electricity, electromagnetism, move at the speed of light, but somehow so does gravity. And uh, if you have the right, if you have a large enough interaction far enough away from the Earth, 
you can measure these gravity gravitational waves with extraordinarily sensitive instruments. And there's two of them now in the United States, and there'll be another one in India. And these are these crazy powerful laser beams bouncing off mirrors a couple kilometers of four, I guess, four kilometers away. And then you look for the waves constructively and destructively interfering with themselves. And then you compare that uh, ripple in the laser light with astronomical, conventional astronomical observations of collisions of black holes, which have an enormous amount of gravity. And so uh, uh, apparently we have discovered, or rather, uh, yeah, discovered, at least two and probably three gravitational wave events that pass through the Earth, through you and me, which is one more verification or one more assurance that the theory of relativity is accurate. So Einstein's theories are alive and well. I, yeah, oh gosh. So do you, have, you probably have a mobile phone. Yes, I do. And does it give you navigational information? Yep. All the, I use it all the time. Sure, sure it does. Okay, that depends on both special relativity, the speed of satellites with respect to the Earth's surface or relative to the Earth's surface, and the speed of time, as I like to call it, being affected by the gravity of the Earth. You have to take into account both special and general relativity to get global positioning systems to work. When my grandfather was alive and making a living and raising his family, Nobody ever heard of relativity. There was no such thing. And yet it is the way of the universe. And so whenever I think about the future, especially the near future, I marvel at the discoveries that are about to be made, things that we have not thought of yet that will be commonplace 100 years from now. There were a huge number of Australian scientists who were involved with the recent LIGO discovery that you that you mentioned. Um, I was wondering if you were hoping to meet any Australian researchers during your visit. Well, I just uh, went to a meeting, a celebration really, at the Australian Embassy in Washington, D.C. And I met several luminaries, especially from the Australian Air Corps. And I very much hope to meet Dr. Carl. Very oh, excited wonderful. about meeting Dr. Carl. And I want to be, my understanding is I'll be on the project, uh, television broadcast. And then my understanding is I'll meet several Australian academics and we'll, we'll talk about advancing science and exploration. Well, that's marvellous because there's so much great science going on in here in Australia. I also wanted to ask you, Bill Nye, uh, you have a feature on your new show where Bill Nye takes a minute. And I was wondering if you could take a minute with anybody to talk to them about any area of science, who would that person be and what would you ask them or tell them? It's a great question. And I, I, want, I, I imagine I'd want to talk to some political about climate change. Nominally, I might want to talk to the President of the United States about climate change, but um, I'm not sure how effective that would be. So... Uh, I'd have to think about that, but uh, I guess I'd want to go, I might want to talk to uh, Dr. Higgs, the guy who proposed that the Higgs boson would exist, and it, apparently it does. And so this transforms or reinforces our understanding of the so-called standard model, the particles that comprise the universe. Uh, but I only get a minute, right? 
Yeah, just one minute. Only a minute. I guess I would talk to your prime minister. That's what I would do. Okay, and what what, what might you ask Prime Minister Turnbull? Is that a good answer? Yeah, that's a great answer. What (laughs) might you ask? How are we going to work together to uh, support uh, 10 billion people in 50 or, let's see, 30 years? Well, I hope that happens while you're over here. Um, Does it make it trickier to talk about issues like climate change and to educate people and communicate these ideas when um, governments or presidents aren't supportive of, of these ideas? It's very difficult, you know. Uh, here's why: anything that happens uh, with respect to governance or regulations is a result of compromise of conventional politics, and that is a result of relationships. Things change, things happen, or things stay the same based on relationships. So we have to, in my my opinion, which, as you know, is correct. My opinion is correct. Gives me a huge advantage. Uh, no, that we have to get people understanding each other. And we, we, we're in a mysterious time right now where we have people acting against their own self-interest. And this is very much like uh, the little kid who says the, the expression we use in the U.S. all the time, is I'll take my toys and go home, where the kid gets so angry, he takes his toys and goes home, and then nobody gets to play. Like, uh, every, everybody loses. And we're uh, living through a time like that right now where people see change in the case of climate change. The climate change is happening, but by not acknowledging it, they're making it worse, and they're aware of it. They're aware that they're making it worse, but it's too much to deal with. And a lot of it is out of spitefulness, and spite, for me, is closely related to anger. And anger is when you're not getting along with somebody, when you're, uh, not, your relationship isn't good. So we've got to build relationships and address climate change. Well, I think it's really interesting that that you said that. We know that scientists disagree all the time, but um, often manage to engage in polite debate um, on Twitter or in the public. Do you think that we can learn anything from this way of talking to each other? Well, I do, or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I believe that we can get people talking with each other and save the world. I really believe it. What's the alternative? You know, it's still uh, not very good. And when you say scientists disagree, keep in mind that when you're talking about climate change, scientists really don't disagree. There's a very vocal denier community uh, that is supported almost entirely, or entirely by the fossil fuel industry, not by uh, physicists or objective researchers, climate researchers. The fossil fuel industry has been extraordinarily successful at introducing the idea that uh, uncertainty, scientific uncertainty, which you might express as plus or minus 2% of something, is somehow the same as plus or minus 100%. Doubt about the whole thing. And that will cost humankind dearly in the coming decades. Here in the United States, our fourth largest city, might surprise you, is Houston, Texas. And it's underwater completely right now by a huge storm that's got the name Harvey, Hurricane Harvey. And uh, the human suffering is huge, but the cost is hard to imagine. It's in the billions of you, it will be in the billions of U.S. dollars to tie any one weather event to climate change in real time. That is to say, the same week it's happening, it's hard to show that it's climate change because 
The atmosphere is enormous. It's a fantastically complex system. But within two years or so, people will almost certainly show that Harvey is a result of the very warm ocean. Here the, the, uh, is the body of water we call the Gulf of Mexico. is especially warm, which enabled this hurricane to be especially strong and especially stable. It didn't, it didn't move up its track, as we say. And uh, it's dumped an enormous amount of rain in a, uh, an, over a huge area and displaced enormous numbers of people. Very costly business. And this is not the beginning. It's kind of uh, the middle of the beginning. It's been going on for a while. And the sooner we get to work on it, the better. And uh, this is going to be getting to work on it's going to be based on relationships. Yeah, for sure. And and yes, of, of course, you're right. There is um, almost unanimous consensus in the scientific community that climate changes, of course, are very, uh, a very real uh, uh, thing that's affecting us all. Um, do you ever manage to convince people to change their mind, to change the mind of skeptics? No, I've been telling this story all week. I was in uh, the city of Beatrice, Nebraska, in the United States. Now, recently, by recently, I mean a week ago, we had a fantastic solar eclipse that went right across the world's third most populous country. And for those of you who visited the United States, we have this extraordinary interstate highway system. Anybody of uh, even lower income means can get in a car and drive anywhere in the United States. Now, the United States is, goes across a whole continent the way Australia does. Uh, and... Uh, so anybody who really was motivated could get in, in the path of this eclipse. Nebraska is in the center of the country, far from the coastal cities. And people there are generally very politically very conservative. They're generally involved in agriculture, the farmers, or work in the farming business. And I had a couple people come up to me and say that they had changed their minds about climate change and the funding of basic research here in the United States because of... Uh, the show, Bill Nye Saves the World, and my recent book, Everything All at Once, How Nerds Solve Problems. And when you get people taking the time to talk to you about something like that, it's really extraordinary. Now, bear in mind, these people are self-selecting. The people who hate me even more don't come up to me and tell me how much they hate me even more. But it was really moving. I got a little choked up. So maybe we're chipping away. Gives me hope. Yeah, I, I really hope that's the case. Thank you so much for speaking to me today, Bill Nye, Thank for you. Open Atom on FBI. Let's remind people um, when you'll be yeah. in Australia and where you'll be. I think it's the Sydney Opera House on Sunday, October the 8th, and the Hammer Hall at the Arts Centre in Melbourne on Tuesday, October the 10th. Um, we really look forward to welcoming you, you um, down under. Very excited to be there. And bear in mind, my trip to Australia begins in Adelaide at the International Astronautical Congress. This is a bunch of rocket people, people that buy and sell satellites and what we call launch vehicles. Other people call them rockets. And I'll be delivering a talk there about the Planetary Society spacecraft, our solar sail. This is a spacecraft that was pushed through space by the sun. And we're going to launch another one. Uh, well, we believe in less than a year. We're on the manifest. We're waiting for the rocket manufacturer to get uh, the go-ahead from the United States, what's called the Federal Aviation Administration. So we're very excited about this. I'm very excited about coming to Australia. Thank you very much. Let's save the world. Thanks so much, Bill. It was a pleasure to speak to you.
Thank you.